Hello and welcome. The following podcast deals with an issue that I see all too commonly when training submissives and slaves, that of a lower than normal sense of deservedness, which limits their growth and their ability to bond in a harmonious relationship with you. All too often when a dominant chooses to enter a relationship with someone with persistent negative self-talk and who intentionally and consistently sabotages themselves and their growth, that dominant or partner can quickly become entangled in trying to treat that person. Rather than warn you off them completely, which is not always the best course of action, depending on the severity of the issue, they may be very compatible with you except for this one problem, I'll present a list of powerful and effective treatment suggestions for dealing with this centered around a three-pronged attack strategy, dealing with unconscious reformatting, imbuing them with an empowering personal philosophy, and some conscious tools to tie it all together. Be very careful about taking on their emotional problems and recognize that no one can really help another, only provide them with the resources they need, and sometimes the reinforcement to help themselves. These resources have been designed to minimize the risk of you being drawn into their issues while giving you powerful and effective options and tools to help those you care about. Even a friend can recommend the recordings, books, and fun conscious games in the following podcasts. You don't have to own them to recommend a great book, though you must be on guard and reinforce yourself against these same issues. If you have any questions, you can always get in touch with me at mindkink.net. You'll find a list of recommended resources in the podcast description. So when you meet a girl like that, this is how you should solve that problem. This is one, this is what you do before, before things get so bad between you that they can't be salvaged and that you accumulate all this psychic baggage um, from things going wrong that you just can't process. And you just get to that point where you're like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. You, you reach that tipping point where either she does or you do, where you're just like, I don't give a shit anymore. This is over. You know, like, fuck it. I'll regret it later on, but right now I'm so pissed off with you, I just don't care. I'm out of here. Catch you later. So what you do is you institute this plan of attack as soon as you realize, well, just after, really, as just after you realize that these, those leading indicators are present, that persistent negative self-talk, the low self-esteem, the trying to push people away as a kind of loyalty test. Like, you know, you don't want to be in a relationship with me because, you know, you want somebody else. Or you don't want to be in a relationship with me because you, you just want to leave. So why don't you just leave? It's just yeah. someone setting themselves up to fail. Because if I leave right. in that moment, if I go, look, you know what? I value my self-esteem and I value my life and my happiness more than I value your bad moods right now. And I choose to be a part of a relationship that's healthy for both of us. And this clearly isn't healthy for both of us. So I am going to walk out that door and end this relationship. If that's your choice, then you play kind of right into her hands. And she gets that little hit of, I always knew he was going to leave. I always knew treating him like shit for the last three and a half years was just a <laughs> test. It's a whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Right. So, you know, whether you walk out that door because you hate me or whether you walk out that door because I'm broken and I can never be fixed, I'm right. You know, it's <laughs> so yeah. we've, we've talked a lot about the, the downsides of being in a relationship with someone like that. But this is how I would fix that. First of all, I would write 500 words 
So this is what I would do just after I started dating that person and I had a couple of good dates with her and I'd realized this wasn't just a phase she was going through, this was her default way of interacting with the world. Right? Uh, I would Great. sit down and I would write out 500 to 1,000 words on what I wanted the relationship to be. And then I would frame every interaction that I had with her, either subconsciously within myself or sometimes if it's necessary, even explicitly with her as, um, okay, so everything I do is promoting her independence, right? So to put that in context, uh, have you read Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? So, uh, six, uh, successful? Yeah, no, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's worth reading, but it's also, I can give you the Cliff Notes version that, that relates to this now. So he's got this model uh, yeah. at the start of the book where he talks about everyone is born dependent on other people. And through great sacrifice and struggle, we eventually become independent. We can take care of ourselves. Right. We, can, we can fulfill all of our primary needs. We can feed ourselves. We can get a job and work. And then the goal is not to be independent. The goal is what he calls interdependence. Inter Right, Interdependence. Right, right. So the goal is once you become a functional member of humanity, then the goal is to become a functional member of your community. And, you know, there's the, the way that you relate to other people doesn't really matter how that works. It's in the relationship. This is the model that I've based my house around. But in the relationship, you want to become independent. You need to really, ideally, in a perfect world, and not always, doesn't always work out this way, because I've met some amazing girls. God, I've met some amazing girls. I'm just thinking of this one girl recently. But, you know, sometimes you're not independent. You are too dependent. You're still stuck in dependency. I've found a lot that women are very dependent, which is, you know, it's, there's a lot of environmental factors and it's not really their fault. The goal is to move them to the point where they don't need you anymore but where they want you. Right. Uh, so okay. the goal is to get them to be independent, but at the same time, you can be really blunt about it or you can be kind of subtle about it. So the way that you do it bluntly is you sit down with her and say, look, I think that you are dependent on me and whether or not they agree with you, a fight will usually ensue. And I want you to be less dependent on me um, because I don't need you as much as you need me. Like that's, that's a way to do it. Right. Okay. Um, maybe not the best way to do it. The, the more subtle way to do it is to, when you do a lot of your hypnosis stuff is to not tie it to you specifically. It's just, this is just one of dozens of different techniques to do it in a little bit more of a nuanced way. But when you do it, your right. hypnosis techniques with her, you tie it to her choice. So. The orgasms that you're having right now because my cock is fucking your tight little ass are because you are choosing to submit to a powerful, dominant man. You are choosing to embrace this side of yourself that has always been hidden and repressed. And you have the power to make that choice whenever you choose to make that choice. You find yourself consistently choosing high quality men to be in a relationship with because you know deep down that's what you deserve. You deserve someone that can make you come as hard as my dick can. You deserve the kinds of things that we do together and the time that we spend together. 
and the girls that we fuck together. You don't tie it necessarily... One of the ways you can do it is you don't have to tie it to yourself. You tie it to her choice. You always try to empower your subject because... I said to her, you, never, you ever notice the happiest... She was talking about something that she'd noticed. She's a very intelligent girl, extremely intelligent. She is a bright star in the constellation of, of light. She really is. She is. She was talking about how she noticed that when people were out together, they were kind of associating with people that were like them. You know, you notice the clothes are the, the easiest, most visible indicator of this, right? Style, yeah, like people dressing in a particular style. Like, I saw a goth oh, couple out together. And I'm like, you know, those two are happy together because they're the same kind of person. And then we started thinking about physical attractiveness. And I said to her, I think the people that are happiest are the ones that have the same level of deservedness about what they deserve in a relationship. Because if one person has a substantially higher level of deservedness than the other, then they will leave the relationship and find someone else. And if one person has a substantially lower lens sense of deservedness, they will sabotage the relationship until that other person leaves. Which is essentially what just happened to you. It's not that she doesn't understand you're a great guy. It's that at her very fundamental, deepest self, she doesn't believe that she deserves you. And this is an element of work that I come across because I specialize in mostly women. This is a, a thing that I stumbled across like seven or eight years ago now. And it's, it's going to be the core of my work moving forward. And I knew that as soon as right. I figured it out. And it was, how do you most effectively, rapidly, powerfully raise the sense of deservedness in specifically women and specifically around their relationships? And it, it's a lot of factors that lead into low, low uh, deservedness. And then you just kind of invert those. It's one way of looking at it. But one of the things that I've found is you can't really help her to affect any kind of change if you don't have a basis of authority for that change. So if you're her boyfriend... Um, great, you can do a certain amount of things. You can do X things. Now, if you're her dom, you can do X plus Y things because the domain of your authority is greater than a, do than a boyfriend. Um, but I would generally caution people against getting into DS power exchange relationships with people that are dependent because it is, it is a Teflon-coated, KY-lubricated slippery slope. Like it's, it, it takes a great deal to actually resist the negative forces on the relationship that will be driving it towards creating more dependency. It can very easily, yeah, which is where you get things like service tops and service dominance uh, and Dom's trying to do therapy and, you know, it's like that whole, that whole mishmash of stuff. Um, it's why the first book in my dominance recommended reading list is... No more Mr. Nice Guy, because that book is absolutely invaluable. And Robert Glover is God's is one of God's gifts to humanity, I think, just for the body of work that he's accomplished. In terms <laughs> hey. of I mean that with absolute seriousness. Um, his book on is covers things like setting boundaries as a guy and putting yourself first and raising your sense of deservedness as a man so that you can have better quality girls in your life. But we'll right. we'll talk very briefly about um the actual plan that I would have advised you to, to follow through on, given if, if you'd continued the relationship, and this is what you'll do for the, this is what people, I would advise people to do for the next time this happens, which is good because then you can act on them. So I'll give you the game plan that I would lay out. 
So the first thing that you need to do is you need to get a very precise sense of clarity and vision around what you want out of your relationship with this woman. Right. So if you want to be her friend, that's totally fine. If you want to be her boyfriend, that's also totally fine. If you want to be her owner, again, totally fine. But you need to know and you need to have it in writing so you can check yourself on it what you actually want out of this. And the act of writing it down, use a pen and paper if you want. I get hand cramps sometimes, so I often type. Mm -hmm. You need to get all that shit down on paper and you need to really go into solitude. So switch your phone right. off for an hour, um, disconnect your internet, put your phone, put your computer into a, like typewriter mode with cold turkey writer, you know, and just right. think. And there's a lot of techniques for getting more of a grasp on the concept of solitude in deep work and digital minimalism and you need to come you, you want to do that you want to get out of the out of your heart the things that you really want for this relationship now as i was saying before never ever show this to anyone because even right. knowing that you will eventually show it to someone will cause you to self-censor so don't do that you want to be absolutely right. totally bluntly honest if you want to keep her that's great if you want to fuck her and then abandon her totally fine if you want to destroy her ego and leave her a bleeding mess on the floor, you are entitled to want that. You know, there's a difference between wanting things and acting on them, right? So put down, <laughs> put down whatever you want. And again, I'm very big on non-judgment. Put down whatever you Thanks. want, 500 words. Um, if you want to go to a thousand, go to a thousand. But you need to get a clear picture of what you want out of the relationship with her. And if just being friends with her is enough, then just be friends with her. You know, but if you were in a position or you wanted to be in a position where you could give her advice, this is what I'd tell you to do. So as soon as you notice this, persi this persistent negative bias where she's constantly going into positive situations and finding the only thing that could possibly be turned into any way, shape or form negative and doing that and then jumping on that and then magnifying that shit. You want to sort of sit back, observe as to whether it's a consistent pattern of behavior. And as soon as it is, institute an action plan. Now, because you're a hypnotist, that's great. You have all these skills. However, the pitfall there is that you will try to fix her yourself. And because of doing that and requiring the expenditure of energy that will be necessary for the functional hypnotherapy sessions to work, you don't really want to do that. So I used to do the idea of making up my own recordings with my own voice, and I still advise people to do that. I'm planning on putting out some scripts later on. Um, and you basically, because she's conditioned to your voice and she already trusts you, you read the scripts in your voice and you get the effects. But for right now, the solution that I advise is you go to ricksmithhypnosis.com. Okay. Rick Smith Rick. Hypnosis. Okay. And you buy a program that he has called Worth or Worthy, I think. It's about eight pounds, which is nothing. It's absolutely gold-plated. I've been looking for years and I've tried a dozen different recordings from half a dozen different hypnotherapists. This guy is absolutely lethal. So he has a two-part pre-session conditioning program where he takes them into trance, does a PMR, has them do some visualizations to get a feel for um, their visual, auditory, kinesthetic kind of modality. And then he has this set of three recordings. Each one's half an hour or a bit, a bit longer sometimes. And the amount of content that you get for, for 10 bucks, Mate, it's, it's, it makes all of his competitors look like fucking tryhards. He's okay. so, so good. He's just unbelievably good. And so he'll walk them through a couple of conscious exercises and some reframing and then just drop them into trance. 
And I've been having certain girls listen to these, one of those three recordings, like every night for the last couple of weeks. And the, the differences are noticeable. They're very noticeable. But basically, you just get them any time at, at the night, you get them to pick which one of those three they want to listen to. You plug them in and you have them go to sleep, you know? Get a sleep timer on the little app. If they're using a phone, VLC media player is the uh, is the usual one. It's a little red, little orange traffic cone is a good one. Yeah. Um, and if they've got an MP3 player, which I usually advise the SanDisk Sansa Clip ones, um, they're great. They've got a little sleep timer in there, so you can just get it to turn itself off after half an hour. Perfect. Um, yeah, in-ear headphones are usually the most comfortable because I sleep on my side. I usually have one headphone in the headphone that's facing the sky. And the other one's out, which is fine. Um, headphones, whatever they're comfortable with, usually. Um, so listen to that every night before they go to bed. And that's the best time of day for it because oftentimes people can't nap during the day if they have a full-time job. But everyone can always go to bed half an hour earlier or turn half an hour of their eight-hour sleep time into trance time, right? Um, right? Right. Because the first thing that you have to do is raise her sense of deservedness. And this is one of the most effective techniques to do that. Then you need to imbue her with a with an empowering personal philosophy. Right? Now, the book that I would recommend for doing this is a book called The Courage to Be Disliked by two Japanese gentlemen whose names I'm not even going to try to pronounce. It's on Amazon. Um... And they have an audiobook version, which is excellent. Okay. For audiobooks, I use Book Mobile on iOS. Uh, or if it's one of those, like, the whole book is just one giant file, then I use VLC. And you can play it on double speed or triple speed on VLC. Or you can buy it on Amazon using their Audible app. Um, and you can play it on double okay. or triple speed on that. And super easy. Okay. Audible is what I'd suggest you use if you don't plan on going the whole get it off the internet thing. You have to imbue them with an empowering personal philosophy. So this is something that comes out of my years of studying philosophy, but you want to shortcut all that shit because you don't need to go to, th to study groups or discussion circles or read what appears to be two entire shelves on just philosophy books in my personal library. You need to give her the one book that is going to be simple and accessible to her. Now, I haven't read the second one, but if I had to pick one book on philosophy that would create an empowered individual, it would be this one. It teaches the concepts, the courage to be disliked. Now, it teaches concepts from Stoicism. So another excellent book on the subject, although a little more masculine focused, which is good, but, you know, because you're dealing with a girl here, maybe not the most relevant, is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius. Uh-huh. Okay. Super good book. Um, and really anything in Stoicism is pretty good too. There's also a project called The Resilience Project. It's an Australian-based group. I have mentioned Maybe it on the website. It's under male self-improvement groups. And they do a, a book okay. which is basically a journal. And you, you, you buy it. It's like that high-performance planner that you recommended to me. But a super simple version yeah. for jotting down your emotions and how much food you ate and how much sleep you got and whether you meditated that day. Um, meditation is another angle you can attack. There's an iOS app, and I think it's also, actually, no, it is on Android as well, called Aware. The icon is a blue and a red circle overlapping. Super, super effective. 
they have a 21-day introduction to mindfulness course. I don't know what it costs because I got it for free. Someone gave it to me. Um, but okay. that's the meditation app I'd recommend. And they also have what they call little energizers, which are things that you can use during the day for three to five minutes to practice. Um, like they have a body scan one there, which as soon as you listen to it, you're like, this is just a progressive muscle relaxation induction. So, you know, there's some <laughs> synergies there. If you, she practices that, then whenever you do a PMR, more effective. So yeah, empowering personal philosophy. You need to give her a sense that everything is going to be okay. So the worth recordings are great. There's another set from Rick Smith, uh, which is the How to Win at Everything, I think it's called. Okay. And that is just so good. It's He sells audio recordings, hypnotherapy recordings. Yes, same deal. Uh, he'll have a set of five recordings in the pack. Two of them will be his standard, this is how you go into trance, this is how you should learn to enjoy going into trance. And then three of them are, you know, first session, second the session, third work. session. Yes, the actual work. Got it. Okay. Um, so that's how I've been solving that problem in the past. Um, so yeah, okay. you need to give her a sense of direct, you need to help her. I guess the, the better way to do it would be not to so give her. She's got to do it for herself. Yes. You can show her the path and you can just tell her everything that I've advised you to do in the last, you know, 10 minutes or so. But she okay. is the one that has to choose to take action on this. So all of those things she will find extremely effective. The core element of it is that she needs to raise her sense of deservedness to have any hope of, of counteracting her negative self-talk. Now, the worthy recordings will help her to raise her sense of deservedness. And the how to win at everything will imbue her with a seriously, overwhelmingly, occasionally obnoxiously positive attitude towards everything in life. Now, the other thing that you can do is you can teach her some conscious exercises. So one of the things that Cubby talks about, and one of the things that one of my exes taught me, and I'm very grateful for her teaching me this because it's something that I use probably multiple times a week still, is this idea of between stimulus and response, there is a space. And that's where you right. can choose how you respond. The other thing that you want to emphasize is that she can always choose how she responds. Now, the thing that uh, a lot of philosophy books will talk about is, you know, just choose to be a different person, choose to think differently. Well, that's not always that easy. You know, it's like you've done a lot of work clearing out of baggage, but people come to it with baggage, you know, and it's, it's not always as simple for them as it is for us because we've done it for longer and we've done the work, but haven't done just yet. So be empathetic in this, empathic, I should say, and sort of say, you know, you can choose. I know it's hard, but you can. So you don't have to choose, but not choosing is also making a choice. So you can choose to think differently. You can. She has to believe that she can before she can actually choose to think differently. So this is a conscious, this is one of the weaknesses of the consciousness of the conscious based techniques is that they have to actually believe that and think that before they can, whereas the unconscious stuff just goes straight in, you know, cause they're in trance. Brilliant. So you'll get changes out of that without having to talk to her. But I'm just going for like a nuke it all from orbit strategy. The, the technique that my friend taught me was, um, okay, so these two questions, right? Whenever something bad happens or whenever something happens that they think is bad, you, you get them to ask themselves, what just happened? Right? 
And then, what does that mean? And what this does is it slows the whole process down enough for you to get in there or for them to get in there. And they have to say these things out loud because saying things out loud kind of it pro provokes a more of an examination of the thought patterns. Like if, if you say inside your head, God, I'm such a worthless piece of human garbage, right? It's, it sounds okay. Yeah, but if you actually are forced to articulate that, and don't do it in front of a mirror. Don't have a question yourself in front of a mirror. I use that technique when I'm training. It's really powerful for magnifying the effect of whatever they're saying. But because what they're saying right. is negative, tell her not to do this in front of a mirror. Don't magnify it. Right. Do right, not do right. it in front of a mirror. Um, it no. creates a, a space. Stimulus response. So these two questions are the, <clears throat> the crowbar that props the door open. What, right. just, what happened? just happened? Well, you know. And what does it mean? And what you're going for is a what just happened that is objective. Say, for example, that I broke up with someone beautiful and intelligent, right? That I had a, a real future with. So right. what just happened? My life is over. No, no. What just happened? Everything is meaning. No, no. What just happened? Okay. What just happened was a relationship ended. Right. That's it. Bare bones. Yeah. Bare bone. There's no meaning to that. There's no emotion to that. Minimal emotion. And then, what does that mean? Well, it means my life is over. No, it doesn't actually. What does that mean? It means no one will ever love me again. Actually, that's not true either. What does it mean? It means that, you know, things will be better now for her and for me. Right. It means that we're going in different directions, but that doesn't mean, and you can see how it, like you start off with these questions and then they kind of take on a life of their own. It doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. It means that it just is. You know, it's, okay. yeah, there's, you kind of, it, it gives you a space to do your reframe and to teach them how to reframe stuff. And, you know, they don't have to start off doing a positive reframe, but definitely they need to start reframing that shit. Yep. And that, those two questions are the crowbar that actually interrupts that thought pattern long enough for them to get in there and make a conscious intervention to the unconscious thought patterns. They can choose. They can always choose. And that's the thing. No matter how crippled they are, no matter how broken, quote unquote broken, no matter how damaged they are or emotional, they can always choose. Now, in that situation, it might be too much for them. They just can't handle it. They're not there yet. That's okay. Emphasize that they can always choose.